Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. All right. Thank you, Micah, for that warm welcome. And just want to give, a again, greetings to everybody in your homes. And it's so good to be able to worship together in this way in the midst of a crazy time of trial in the church with the coronavirus crisis happening. And we're all struggling, you know, to get our heads around this thing right now because it's, it's, a, it's a big time deal historically and in our lifetimes for sure. And I just want to say, even here at the start, that uh, again, Christians have historically responded great during times like this. And I'm going to go into some more detail about that in the course of this message. But uh, Christians respond with faith and with hope and with love. And it's just so key at times like this. And so I'm going to call this message Calm in the Storm because I believe that we, were, we were going a different direction, but really felt like this was a word that the Lord had for us as a church during this time, calm in the storm. And I want to speak to the trial that we're all going through, and there's so many different ways that we're all responding to this thing. And it's so easy in different times to feel uh, fear or to feel anxiety or to feel pressure or to have concern and fear for the unknown. What's What's out there? What's going to happen with my finances? What's going to happen with my family? What's going to happen with school? I'm not trying to add more anxiety right near, but now, but these are just the things that we're, we're working through. We're processing. How do I do work? How do I, how, what's going to happen with dad and mom? They're over, you know, for us, we're just doing a, a Zoom call later on this afternoon with my parents and my, my siblings. And at the heart of all this is th- there are things that are good, a desire for, uh, comfort or a desire for control or a desire for material things that are a part of normal life. But those things can also become almost like idols when they get out of control in our lives. And it's easy in times of pressure for the things that we're holding, maybe almost over holding on to, to get exposed. And so just really want to pray that the Lord would help us through this time as we turn and look to Jesus. And, you know, Jesus gives us an invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. You know, he says, if you're burdened, if you're weighed down with life's concerns, if you need a rest, then come to me. And I just want to say that to anybody that's watching right now, anybody that's you've been, you know, walking through hard stuff or concerned or just you get on the news feed and you really have to balance that out. I mean, you, you feed too much on that, and you're like, wow, the sky is falling. Life is over. And Jesus is going, no, I want you to come to me. Come to me. He says, all you who are weary and burdened, come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I'm telling you, what we need in times like this is to come to Jesus and come to the easy yoke of Jesus. 
Like when we get in line with him and in step, we start learning his steps and his moves in times like this, instead of being an anxious presence in the midst of crisis and chaos, we can be a peaceful presence in the midst of chaos and crisis. And because we're all a system, we're all a part of a system, a worldwide system, but break it down smaller, our, our city or our church, you know, our uh, family, you know, and when we can bring peace to our uh, circle, our system, it helps to spread that peace. And by the same token, we can bring that anxiety. But what I'm saying is the Lord wants us to bring his peace. He bring his rest. So the main thing I'm uh, just going to say today is that Jesus is inviting us to trust him and to experience the peace that he brings as the Lord of all. He's inviting us to trust him and experience his peace that he brings because he is Lord of all. And so to talk about this, let's look over at Mark chapter 4 verse 35 to 41. This is Jesus calms the storm. It just seems like a really appropriate passage for where we're at in life right now. So let's read this together. And uh, if you would, you want to just stand up for the reading of the word right now, wherever you're at, and just as a way of honoring the reading of scripture. Go ahead and stand up. That day, when Jesus came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, and just as he was, in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Amen. Y'all have a seat. So, you know, there's so much going on here in this passage, and I, I would love to just go you know, almost line by line through it. But I mean, just a couple of things right off the bat before I make a couple of points. And that is that they're on a journey with Jesus. His disciples are on a journey with Jesus. And so are we. We are on a journey with Jesus. Let us go over there, Jesus says. And, and that's what we do. We're always in process with him. We're always, you know, a little turn in the road, cross the lake, over the mountain, through the woods. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where that's from, but it just <laughs> seemed like the right thing to say next. But uh, <clears throat> so they're on a journey. And check it out. This stood out to me, too. Like he says, uh, it says, and there were other boats with him. You know, so they're on a journey. It's the disciples. But there's there's uh, other boats there, too. So there's there's other life groups and there's other churches and there's other churches in the city. And there's other brothers and sisters in the nation and in the nations of the earth. And we're all on this journey with Jesus. We're, we're going along with him. And then this crazy storm comes. And what do they do? Well, I mean, they freak out. 
but they ultimately do the thing that we all need to be doing right now, which is say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Save us during this time. We are looking to you. And Jesus comes and he brings peace and he brings calm to the storm. But then he asks two key questions. Why are you so afraid? And do you still have no faith? And I would like to just make a couple of points here out of those two questions because he wants us to not be afraid and he wants us to have faith. So a couple points here. Number one, we turn from fear. That They're in verse 40. Why are you so afraid? So what he's calling them to is to turn from fear. He's calling that to us, uh, calling us to that as well. You know, storms have a way of exposing our lives, of exposing you know, when the pressure's on, it's like we're a tube of toothpaste. And, and what's on the inside, I don't know if that works in your living rooms, but what's on the inside comes out. That's what happens. And so in this storm that we're in, we are in a storm. Everybody, everybody knows it. We acknowledge it. We are in a worldwide pandemic, you know, uh, coronavirus. And we are calling on the name of the Lord. We are saying, Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, we look to your promises. God, we look to you right now. Lord, have mercy on us. Deliver us. Heal us. Save us. Lead us through this time. And how do we turn to Jesus? You know, there's a couple things that I just want to emphasize here. One is we receive God's love. We receive his love because God is love. And he promises in 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, he promises that when we are filled up with his love, fear can't abide there. It can't stay there. Love, perfect love, drives out fear. So right off the bat, you know, we want to walk with Jesus, then we want to be receiving his love so that the fear that we naturally feel in the flesh during times like this we are empowered by God, empowered by His love. We don't act like everybody else acts that is, is feeding on the news feed all the time, just, ah, you know, and I'm not saying that can't happen. It, it does. It can happen to any of us. But then we say, God, fill me up with your love. Let me know your love and watch that fear dissipate. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, self-discipline, those kinds of things. And the second thing there is to receive God's peace. Um, we meditate on his promises when we receive his peace. John 14, verse 27. It's a great verse. Probably been looking at it some during this time uh, in your own homes. But Jesus, it's a promise straight from Jesus. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's a promise from Jesus. He's giving us peace. He promises to give us peace. And he even encourages us, don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Another great promise is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And again, these are like, if you don't have this memorized, what a great thing to do with your family. Or if you're new in the Lord, or if you're just considering following Jesus, man, here's a great thing to just get on the inside of you. Just read over this verse a number of times and begin to memorize it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. And I'm just going to emphasize that. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, it's like, I know for me and Kim, over these last couple of weeks, the Lord's really been emphasizing thanksgiving in the midst of this time. Just with your families, with your spouse, with your roommates, just begin to say things that you're thankful for in the morning. Maybe even before you put your feet out of the bed and onto the floor, give thanks to God. But just begin, spiritual things, relational things, uh, material things, health, all, there's all kinds of things, and it just changes your perspective, and that's how we're supposed to pray. In times of trial and stress, anxiety, storms, we pray and we ask God petitions, but we do it with thanksgiving. And the promise of God is that the peace of God, which transcends our ability to even understand it, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's really good. Just encourage you guys with that. One more, Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Okay, so there it is again, this peace promise. Let the peace of Christ rule. That means like, let, okay, let the peace of Christ rule. It's like being, the peace is like an umpire in our soul. It's, it's just calling balls and strikes. That's a strike. Oh, that's a ball. It's in the dirt. Don't go there. You know, or goal or miss that goal. And we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. This is what our calling is. And especially during times like this, we're called to peace. And check it out. Here it is again. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Come on, Lord, do it in us. Thank you, Lord. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, I mean, you you get the idea there. So we're going to walk in peace in the midst of storms. It's a promise that's given to us over and over and over again. And we're going to be thankful. That's our dialect. We, that's our accent. You know, if you're from East Texas, you say fire and police and stuff like that. Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. And, and, and you say so you have an accent. But for us as Christians, our accent is thanksgiving is people who give thanks. So yes, that's what we want to do. This past week, this past week I've been reading a book by a guy named Rodney Stark called The Rise of Christianity, how the obscure marginal Jesus movement became the dominant religious force in the Western world in a few centuries. And I know you guys are all probably reading the same book. Um, But Stark documents the incredible rise of Christianity in the first couple centuries of our faith in Jesus Christ. And and part of what happened was there were two key epidemics that happened in Rome and in the empire. And it wiped out, each one of those wiped out one-third of the Roman population, of the the people. And the first one, they think, was, uh, well, they know when it was, 
was 165 A.D. Marcus Aurelius was the, was the emperor of Rome at the time. He ended up actually dying, and they think it was smallpox. So it just goes crazy. And then the second one was about 250, and they think it was the measles. And uh, both of these things just decimated the population, but Christianity grew like crazy because they were serving. When all the rich people were leaving Rome and the big cities, the Christians stayed behind and served people. And they became immune. There were probably a lot of miracles happening at the time as well. And they, so, so when the, the Romans started dying, then they were still there. And the social uh, constraints that stopped people from becoming Christians, those people died, or, and the Christians were their new friends, and, and so they became Christians in droves. But that just underlined, why would Christians in an epidemic be able to help people? And I, I want to address this because it's, it's a right now word for us. Like Christianity grew because of epidemics in those first couple of centuries. And one of the things is hope, that Christians have a hope and, and, and uh, believe in life after death, that we're going to be with God and we're going to be with Him forever. We're going to be raised from the dead. And so that underlying hope was huge. Another is the core doctrine of the Christian faith, which is to love God and love other people, love one another. And so Julian, in the I think it was the second big plague, he was the emperor of Rome, he was trying to get the pagan priests, do like the Christians are doing, do like the Christians are doing, go out and serve people and stuff, but they didn't have the underlying core DNA faith of hope of life after death, death can't even stop us, and the underlying doctrine of love one another. That's how we're known as disciples is whether or not we love one another. It's the core basis of our faith. It's what Jesus taught us and what he calls us to. So absolutely huge. We are to be people that turn from fear. And then the, the other side of that, and that second question from Jesus there in the calming of the storm, is that we turn to faith. He says, do you still have, do you still have no faith? He wants us to have faith, to be believing in our hearts. You know, one of the things that's happened uh, in the, I mean, I've been on so many Zoom call, Zoom calls are our friend, right? During this time, <laughs> buy stock in Zoom. Um, so, uh, you know, I've been on uh, Antioch uh, with the, within the movement, pastor's calls within the movement, and just so much wisdom rising up. And I've been on multiple calls now with pastors in the city here in Fort Worth, and just we're getting to share wisdom and what's going on in the different churches. And uh, I was on the phone with uh, Chris Freeland uh, this past Thursday, and he said, man, have you checked out Darius's uh, at, over at Christ Church? His service from this last Sunday it was in his living room. It was really cool. It made me want to go, and I went and checked it out. I mean, so uh, maybe we're all watching each other's church services. I don't know. Hey, Chris. <laughs> But uh, went over and watched uh, Darius's deal in his living room. And at one point, the uh, children's pastor was there. It was back when we could, back last week, when we could have a bunch of, you know, 10, 20 people in a room, you know. And, uh, but uh, they were there, and the children's pastor calls this, this little guy up. He's probably 10 years old or something, and interviews him. It was great. She said, what's your name? He said his name. He said, what's my name? He said her name. And um, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a pastor, which I thought was a really cool answer. Um, 
But uh, she asked him a few more questions about some of the other kids, and he, t- he knew all the answers. It was great. Then she paused, grabbed a bandana, and put a bandana around his, his eyes so that he couldn't see anything. And then she proceeded to ask him all the same questions again. What's your name? What's my name? What's, what do you want to be when you grow up? Who are the names of these, these kids here? And he knew all the answers. And the point was that even when we can't see, when Jesus is our hope, we know the answer. Jesus is the answer. And he's the one we're putting our faith and our hope and our trust in. And even when we can't see, like in times like this, we, we don't know how it's all going to work out, but our hope and our trust and our, our very life is found in Jesus. You know, Kim was, is reading a book this week by uh, Brene Brown, and she's got extra time at home, and, which means I get to know more of the details of everything that she's reading, <laughs> which is really awesome, y'all. Just keep everybody read lots and ch- share with your spouses. Um, but she said, she said uh, Brene said that the opposite of faith is certainty. You know, and I thought, that's pretty profound. Like, we don't know. Just you, We're not going to get to a place and walk in faith where we know every single thing that's going to happen. But we know the one in whom we trust, the one who was raised from the dead and lives forever. So it's, it's huge. We want to be people that walk in faith, people that walk in prayer, people that walk in compassion and love for others, people that walk in connection with others, although that looks different during this time. You know, and, and this... Even this sto- this, uh, the, the story of the calming of the storm, it, in, where it fits in, in Mark is a faith-building thing because he's come on the scene and he's saying, I'm here, the kingdom of God is here, believe in this kingdom. And, and he illustrates that kingdom with healings, people, people being healed, people being delivered. And then he starts telling these parables about the sower. And this is what it's like to live in the kingdom and to be good soil where a harvest is breaking forth in your life. And I want you to be a light. I want you to have that seed inside of you that just starts breaking forth into more and more life. And then he makes it concrete with the, with this, uh, with the calming of the storm. All of that kingdom reality becomes real when they start understanding, oh, He's the king. He's the king. They don't, they don't fully understand it because, I mean, that's kind of the million-dollar question. They stand up at the end of this, and they say, who is this? Who is this? And that question's being asked all the way through Mark. It's not until Mark 15, the centurion, the Gentile, goes, this is the Son of God. That's who this man is. He's the Son of the living God. And so, so, that question is just, what a great place for us to wrap this up. We want to turn from fear, and we want to turn to faith, and we do that by looking to Jesus. Who is this? And, you know, at the beginning of this whole uh, service, you know, we asked you to invite friends. And I just want to encourage you, whether you are just tuning in right now, and you've known Jesus for a long time, or you've not known Jesus, and you may be saying, who is this? I want you to see the answer that has rocked my life and rocked our church and rocked this city and rocked the world, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, 
that he is Lord of heaven and earth, that he is head over all things, and that he died on a cross to save the entire world and to save us from our sins and, and also to save us from our ongoing brokenness where, by which we are like a sin factory. He didn't just forgive us of our sins. He saves us from this broken flesh and sets us free to live a whole brand new life. So who is this? It's, it's probably the most important question. If you're asking that question, it's one of the most important questions you could ever be asking. Who is this? He is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. There's none like Him. He is the Savior and Lord, and He is the exact one that, that we need to be looking to in times like this. There's a storm going on. There's a storm going on, but He is Lord of all. And He brings peace. He brings life. He brings love. And He is our Lord. And we can always trust him. We can always trust him. Jesus, just if you don't even know what else to pray, Lord, I'm anxious. Bring your peace. Lord, I'm, I feel like I'm falling. Catch me. Lord, I feel like I'm lost. Save me. Any of that, just, just right there. That's how you do it. So we're going to have some, just a, I want to facilitate a little bit of ministry right now, just as we wrap this up. And um, just, you know, maybe even as a, just a, a way of responding. The way we do this normally is to stand up. And you might stand up in your, in your living room there, wherever you're watching this. Just kind of stand up and, and uh, just close your eyes. Maybe stick your hands out just in a receiving kind of posture. And, and I really do want to pray for those who are watching right now and just, just uh, maybe saying, hey, I, I, would, I would like to start following Jesus. If that's you, just, just bow your head with me and pray with me. Father, I thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to live and to die on a cross so that I could be forgiven of sins, that, so that, that Jesus was raised on the third day, so that I could be raised with him. That Jesus is, is at your right hand in heaven right now, and he's coming again. And that through faith in him, I can know this incredible life and I just put my trust in you right now, Jesus Christ. You, you are the Lord. And would you save me and make things right in my thinking and heart and life and my soul? In Jesus' name, amen. And I just want to encourage everybody too to just spend some time praying right now just in your living room about this key, uh, the, the, just the, the reality of turning from our fears and turning to faith in Jesus. Like, there really is a storm. We acknowledge that. That's reality. That's what's happening in our world right now. But we are putting our trust. And just pray in a way where we put our trust, pray in a way where you put your trust. Lord, I give it to you. I just offer, you know, one of the things that's so wild right now, our word for the year here at Antioch, just one of the key things we heard was Jesus is Lord. For 2020, that's 2020 vision for us, Jesus is Lord. Little did we know how much we would need that word. We need it right now more than ever. Put your faith and your trust. Pray into that for his glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Lord bless you guys. Love you so very much. Amen.